Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Welcome back, S2S family. This is Jerry. And Brianna. And we're here for another obviously amazing podcast episode. <laughs> because like, if, if you don't think that our content's amazing, then, well, you have the right to think that. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, they haven't heard your rap. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you haven't amazing. heard. That's like free free music that uh, you can stream anytime anywhere bad quality typical yeah you need to make a soundcloud <laughs> so our content is about to get even more amazing today because we have a fantastic guest host that we are having on with us today jerry do you want to introduce our amazing guest host today we have with us our new friend Liv tally who is a dating coach and pretty awesome person as it relates to relationships. We're going to pass the mic over to her and let her tell you a little bit about herself. Go ahead, Liv. Perfect. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I have been listening to you guys since you started, and your podcasts have been fun as well as great content, I believe, for singles. So... A little bit about me is I am a dating coach and relationship expert. I have been married for two months, um, but I was with my now husband uh, for quite some time before we got married. And um, everything that I felt with him has been from what I teach everyone else as far as what makes a long-lasting relationship, how to connect with a partner beyond just the goal of getting married and finding value in yourself as an individual, independent of whether or not you are single. So what inspired you to become a dating coach? Did you wake up one morning and just there was a light bulb that was flashing and and made you think, oh, I want to teach people today? (laughs) I mean, I wish. I actually started this whole business as a blog. I started writing it when I was about 18 because I had never dated before I moved to Utah um, because I grew up in Colorado. It was very rural, not a lot of members, and my parents weren't on board with the going out with non-members thing, so I just kind of waited. And I assumed that when I moved to Utah, I would find someone and get married and we would have 10 babies and that would be my life. <laughs> That's absolutely not what happened. And I was in for kind of a rude awakening, just jumping into dating without having learned very much about how to date or what I was looking for or anything like that. So I just kind of started venting about these crazy dating experiences that I was having um, on, as I mentioned, a blog. And over the years, it kind of morphed into more of advice. And then it wasn't honestly until I went through a breakup with an abusive ex 
that I kind of had to take a step back and identify that I was in a pattern of those types of relationships. And I needed to understand why I was in that pattern and how to fix it. And that journey ultimately started with um, actually hiring a business coach who was a girl I knew from high school and I had just been laid off a job. And so here I was, you know, jobless, boyfriendless, just kind of felt like I had nothing. And I felt really worthless because of all of that. And so I decided to go on this journey to really connect back to my worth just as a human being, independent of anything else. And on that journey, um, my business coach kind of inspired me to use what I was learning to help other people. And it's actually kind of crazy if you draw parallels between business and entrepreneurship and dating. They're very, very similar in a lot of ways. And uh, what I was learning as far as business was improving my life so much and leading me to be in such a better headspace and heart place that I just decided to kind of take what I was learning, take everything that I had researched and been writing about in my blog and start guiding people down the path that I was walking down. And I felt like I was kind of just, you know, a couple of steps ahead. So it wasn't like I was out of touch with what's going on right now, but I was figuring it out. And I got into a relationship that is amazing and fulfilling and happy. And I am teaching other people how to do the same. That's awesome. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's always interesting to hear people's stories of how they get to where they're at in their life. And I, I'm excited to hear what you're going to share today about what you've learned and what you have to have to teach all of us that are on that journey of dating and, and <laughs> trying to find someone. So we would love to hear about your relationship with your now husband and how that began and kind of your journey you went on to get to where you're at right now. And by the way, congratulations on two months. That's exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been really great. And honestly, one of the most fun parts about being married is actually just last week, my husband turned to me and he was like, does it feel like we're not married? And I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. It's kind of just, I expected something to be different. And obviously we live together and, you know, those things are different, but generally our relationship is pretty much the same, just more connected. And I think that's really the goal for people to get to in their relationship. And I think that's what a lot of people miss that leads to relationships not working out. Um, so just some background on us. We met, we had both moved to DC within a year or so. And his roommate actually had invited me over to do a come follow me lesson. And so I'm over there hanging out. We're all kind of chatting and, and having um, some snacks or whatever. And I go to throw my plate away and I walk into their kitchen and I see this just 
beautiful mountain man cooking some (laughs) I think he's baking bread and I'm just like what is this picture like what am I looking at here in DC and if you've been to DC or you know the culture it is very much not geared towards those outdoorsy uh, mm-hmm. lumberjack types <laughs> so <laughs> I was really really fascinated by him um, and certainly used every trick that I could think of to try to get him to ask me out and I'll just say straight up I failed he did not ask me out <laughs> I, I was so mad because I flirted with him so hard for like an hour and then he was like <laughs> cool nice to meet you see you later (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so it wasn't until I had seen him a couple of different times at parties and I was talking to a girl and I see him out of the corner of my eye and I go oh there's hot Christian I have to go talk to him I'm so sorry this is a necessity Please make sure that you refer to him as Hot Christian for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) Well, and I'm telling it to this girl that I've just met. And I was just so, like, set on talking to him again. And she was like, oh, no, he has a girlfriend. You can't go talk to him. And I was like, there it is. (laughs) That's why he he didn't ask me out. Not that he automatically would Did his girlfriend call him Hot Christian? That's the Hot Christian, get away. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure she did. All the girls out here had a crush on him. Actually, during this time, I'm like seeing him, but I'm actually dating a couple of different guys. And through kind of this whole journey, I guess, I had been going through the steps of self care and self confidence and really getting strong just really getting secure with what I want and that I will find it. So I had started filtering through these guys. I just got to a point where I could see, okay, you are a good person, but we are not a good match. So I'm going to stop dating you and trust that I'll find someone else. Just being in that mindset, I was like just moving through guys so much quicker than I ever had because I always got so attached and caught up in my head about them. But I just felt so confident and calm in saying goodbye when things weren't right for me. A couple of months later, I was at a friend's birthday party and I saw Christian there and he happened to be talking to friends of mine and they were like, oh, hey, by the way, We're going to a concert on Thursday. We invited Christian to come and he needs a date. So they like just essentially asked me out for him. And then he turns to me like, so you want to go with me? And I'm like, oh, well, don't you have a girlfriend? Because I'm still a little bit salty at our first interaction. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, well, if I had a girlfriend, don't you think I would ask her? So right away. you, You never know. (laughs) <laughs> I knew he was a good one um, I liked that he was a little bit sassy and that's that was kind of it we went on that date um, and then we started going out pretty regularly after that um, I was just in the interest, interest of full transparency 
I was dating another guy at this time. We'd been on three or four dates um, when Christian finally asked me out. And Christian was so fascinating to me. And he was so interesting as a person and so kind to me in so many ways. And he just showed up for me again and again and again. He was like the most reliable guy without being needy in those beginning Mm -hmm. stages that I had ever met. So I ended up just kind of cutting off this other guy because I'm like, well, you know, this other guy isn't giving me what I want or what I need in a relationship, but Christian is. So that's the relationship I'm going to pursue. And once I made that decision, that was it for me. And now we're married. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I love that you were talking about how with marriage, it doesn't feel almost real. I know Jerry and I went through that phase a little bit. Um, When we first got married the first few months, it just, it doesn't feel real for a while. (laughs) And it's funny because when you're dating, you think that once you get married, you know, there's going to be this big shift or like (laughs) it's going to make things totally different. And it really Mm -hmm. doesn't. It's just like the next step in your relationship. And if you're with the right person, I feel like it should feel really natural and just right and also I think it's important to note that we shouldn't look at marriage as a way to fix a current problem in our relationship either because I feel like couples sometimes think once we get married it'll be different once we get married it'll be better you know and that's not a fix-all because literally you're going to be in the same relationship you're just now going to be living (laughs) together so everything's actually compounded yeah and when you're mad and you want to run away guess where you get to go back to Absolutely. And and that's honestly, I love that you guys are expressing that that was similar for you. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that's so, so important for people that they miss is they keep falling in love with potential and saying, mm-hmm. oh, I'll be with this person and this will change and that will change and they will change. And that's just setting yourself up for failure. and. Mm-hmm. Like how you know a marriage is going to be good for you is do I have fun with this person and do we grow together? That's really all you need to look at. (laughs) I think more than just potential, you also need to see a drive in the other person as well, because potential is great if they're willing to act on that potential. So one thing I always loved about Jerry when I was dating him was anytime that something bothered me that he would do, I would talk to him about it and he'd be like, okay, I'll work on that. And he would work on it. (laughs) And so he had that drive and that commitment to better himself when there were issues that would arise. And that was something that really drew me to him because I knew that that's a very important characteristic of a partner, that they are able to take constructive criticism, recognize it, and then work on it and be willing to do that without, you know, a bad attitude. (laughs) So I will say, I will say that that progression and correction was very, very, very slow every time. Because <laughs> some, some habits and ways we behave are, are hard to change, right? And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I'm changing a lot about myself. But but there are certain qualities or things that I could could be improved just as an overall better human being. Socks are still on the floor, but we're working on it. All right, <laughs> all, all all of you guys, let's keep a running count of how many times we can talk about socks uh, <laughs> on this podcast. I think we're what four. Five times? More than that, probably. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for your introduction. I think that, you know, I myself enjoyed hearing 
even more about you than we already knew. So And about hot Christian. And about hot Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there will be no pictures. Yeah, I don't want the other girls on listening to this to fawn over hot Christian. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and transition into uh, your teaching portion. Tell our listeners what you have for us today, Liv. So when it comes to successful dating, a lot of it is about connecting to who you are, what you want, and are you creating a life that you really want to live right now? Um, And what I see happening a lot is that people get set on the wrong things and they put forth kind of the wrong effort which is understandable because I did all of that and effort is great but if you're making certain mistakes then it's working against you in ways that you probably don't understand so that's actually why I mapped out the five biggest dating mistakes that people make and how to avoid them So just to kind of dive into those, the first dating mistake that people make is that they make getting married their goal. So they have kind of this tunnel vision on, I want to get to the altar. I want to get to the temple and, you know, nothing will stand in my way. That's what I'm doing. And the temple is a great goal, but... What about after the temple? What about when you go home? What about in 10 years? Um, are you pursuing someone who you want to be with, not just to go to the temple, but for eternity? And when you can kind of take a step back and put that in perspective and not rush into something that you may not have fully prepared for or built a foundation for then you can take some of the pressure off from dating and you can take a little more time if you need that and really investigate, is this a good match for me? And why is it a good match for me? Why do I want this to last through eternity? So number one, eternity should be the goal, not just getting to the temple. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you, Liv. I've, I think that if we're going to think about marriage as a as a singular act and as a as a milestone without thinking about it as an eternal commitment that mm-hmm. this isn't the day that I go to the altar and I've checked this mark like the moment you do that it's something that you're continuing to work on and still do every day mm-hmm. potentially for the rest of your life. And so I totally totally agree with that. We can't be uh narrow-minded in what we think is the end goal of our relationship, right? Because we're always told mm-hmm. you have to go find somebody. You go on a date, you get engaged, you get married. Congratulations, like you're there. But that is far from the truth, you know, And yeah. which is why, unfortunately, we have people who end their relationships for several different reasons. And we are hoping, obviously, on this podcast to help people find somebody that they can hopefully find as a lasting partner that can endure that test of time I definitely think hindsight is like the best sight (laughs) and (laughs) now that we've been married for almost four years 
looking back, I'm not saying I wouldn't get married to Jerry, but looking back, I wish that I would have had a podcast or I would have followed someone on Instagram like Liv that would have helped me understand this a little bit better because I think I would have gone into marriage with a better mindset because, you know, marriage isn't easy. Once you get past, you know, those, that first little bit of honeymoon phase, you start to realize like, whoa, like I made a commitment with someone for forever, <laughs> forever. <laughs> and there's a reason why a lot of people don't have friends, friends that they've had their entire life, right? Friendships come and go because you grow as a person, you change as a person, things happen, you drift apart. And the one thing that should stick around forever is your marriage. And the reason it's so hard to make that happen is because I was even reading something online that said every five years, your personality totally changes because uh, you grow as a person, you have new interests, you know, things happen to you. And so the thing that mm -hmm. takes work in marriage is getting up every day and learning to love this new person that you're with because they're different and you're going to grow with them through all these phases. When I married Jerry, he was... 23 and went to BYU you know now he's a dad with a solid job with two kids you know he's a totally different person than he was when I married him and mm -hmm. yeah you need to have that whole eternity mindset when you get married so I I really love that first point that's great <laughs> yeah for sure and the thing is that nobody plans for divorce right mm -hmm. nobody anticipates the end but if you're not planning beyond the wedding day, then ultimately you're failing to prepare for eternity. So there's there's a lot to be gleaned from just making sure that you and your partner have similar values and goals and that you are holding each other accountable to those goals and you're working together and you're on the same trajectory as you said when things change, when your goals shift, you have to be able to shift together. And that's, that's just really important. So mistake number two is blaming other people for you being single. This is probably the most common DM that I get is all I ever get is rejection. Girls don't like nice guys or, um, you know, guys just won't say yes to me or, you know, whatever it is. And it's always everybody else's fault. And kind of the hard thing about dating, and this is something that I try to step into as a coach, is that you are single and it is your fault. And when you can take ownership of that, that also puts you in the position of, you are single as long as you choose to be. You don't have to be single forever if you don't want to be. Like, if the only goal you had was to be in a relationship or to get married, um, you know, you're at BYU or, or you're in Idaho and you throw a ring and eight people will pick it up and, <laughs> like, be there for it, you know? <laughs> But that's not what you're after. You are after someone who really connects with you. And you can't find that person if you're not doing that work yourself. If you're not figuring out what you want and who you want to be with and taking ownership of your own life. I like that because obviously we, we have to account for the fact that we can't control other people's agency, right? So hopefully people <laughs> here aren't, aren't confusing that point because... I can go ask out 14 girls and all of them can still say no to me. 
you know, and it's not my fault that they say no, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it's what I do with that afterwards. If I choose to let it get to me, instead of saying, okay, I'm still going to work hard to find someone who's going to say yes, you know, then, then mm-hmm. I agree. Like the more persistent we are, the more active our goal is to actually find somebody, we're going to find somebody. <laughs> Well, and I think that falls perfectly in line with the dating goal that we invited our listeners to do, which was the three dates a month. And we got a lot of pushback on that dating goal from our listeners saying that it was like impossible (laughs) and that they don't see a point in going on dates if they're all going to be bad dates (laughs) and things like that. And we thought it was really interesting because I, I think it falls back in line with even the first point that, you know, we we need to be looking at dating as a way to get to know as many people as possible. And if we don't date, we'll never marry. You know, we have to, it's like, we have to go on dates in order to meet someone to marry. And so if we just expect a person to fall into our lap one day uh, and then we'll all like run off into the sunset, that's not how things work. And so if Mm -hmm. we're not working towards a goal of at least going on a couple dates a month, then we will never be able to find the right person. At least that's our opinion. And it's better to have, you know, a bowl of candy to choose from of all different flavors than walk into an M&M store and only have M&Ms to choose from, right? <laughs> so the more we go on, the more options we're going to have from all the different people we meet. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree that that we, it's our own, it falls back on us, our relationship status, 100%. And I think this aligns well almost with like what Greg um taught us in anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. where he talked about that scripture of you know be be therefore perfect you know with perfect not really meaning the word perfect because even now as we say this i feel like someone's listening going i disagree like me being single is not my fault like they're still looking for ways (laughs) like to not really understand what liv is trying to say and that is number one that we need to take accountability for why we're single and how we can stop being single and that's why you guys are on this on this podcast is because you're trying to find ways that you can not just settle for not being single, right? We like you're saying we don't anybody can just get into a relationship. We we want to find relationships that matter and that have value and can build you as a person and the other person. And I think even your own personal experience that you've had is proof that this is true. I mean, you really liked Hot Christian, but <laughs> you didn't just sit around twiddling your thumbs hoping he'd break up with his girlfriend someday. You know, you mm-hmm. were like, okay, he's in a relationship. I really think he's cute. But you went out and you went on other dates with other people. You saw other guys and mm-hmm. you took it into your own hands. I think a lot of times, I know even from my personal experience, you get so caught up on one guy that when he's in a relationship already or he's not interested, then you just kind of throw in the towel and you're like, okay, I guess I'll just be single. And that's mm-hmm. off of one experience with one person, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did. And, and I want to push back uh, just a little bit on, um, on something that I thought about that maybe isn't even really a pushback, but, um, but I don't even necessarily think that you have to go on dates for the experience of going on dates. Like I do think that there is a lot of value in that, especially when you're a little bit younger. Um, but I think seeking opportunities to be rejected are presenting opportunities to connect. And yes. so when you can just pursue connecting with someone, and I do think that, you know, have a goal to connect with multiple people until you find someone who's 
the best connection for you. I think that's so great. And, and people have the power and capacity to do that. You know, girls don't have to sit back and wait to be asked out anymore. That's not the world that we live in. And, and guys can, you know, if one girl isn't interested in you, then you can swipe through and find how many more, you know, it's like, yeah. there exactly. are no limitations here. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we're, what we're saying here is we need a, a, a mindset shift on mm-hmm. the term of rejection because we think of rejection yeah. as negative, mm-hmm. right? We need to think of it the same way as failing. Like when people say like you fail, the more you fail, the more you get up and it, it makes a better you. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. Like we have to see rejection. And I, I bet you that if after somebody got rejected from a date and it was just like, all right, cool, that's fine. Like and smiled and left, like your, your attitude would be so much different because we're not <laughs> allowing that depression and, you know, self-loathing to set in. We're just moving on mm-hmm. you know, to that to that next phase of what can I do next to further my relationship and you know rejection was just another opportunity just like you said I really like that my husband rejected me he did not ask me out and I basically tried to ask him out and he just shut that door on me and if I gave up after that point then I would not be married to this wonderful man that I'm married to (laughs) it's very true so tell us about point number three okay So mistake number three, it's waiting to live until you're married. Um, So a lot of times people will say, oh, I want to do X, Y, Z, but I want to get married first. Or I'll I'll not do this. I'll not go to medical school. I'll not do X, Y, Z just in case I get married soon. Hmm. And the the waiting to see is going to actually be working against you like that ultimately honestly makes you less attractive because what really draws people to you and and brings you know magnetic attraction and all of that is when you're living this really great life and you can invite people to experience it with you that makes you a much more attractive option than just kind of sitting and waiting to be an awesome person until after you get married. I totally agree. And I feel like this especially calls out to the women, not to point fingers to gender, but I feel like girls do this <laughs> a lot. And I think mm-hmm. a really good example of this actually that I thought of while you were talking is uh, Sister Wendy Nelson, the prophet's wife. I mean, she was single for what, <laughs> like 60 years. I mean, she, wasn't she almost like 70 when they got married? She was, she was quite a bit older, but she yeah. didn't just wait and, you know, do nothing for her entire life. She went to a nursing school. I think she was a certified nurse. She studied psychology, mm-hmm. became a marriage and family therapist. Like she had a very successful life, a very full mm-hmm. life before she met the prophet. And I'm sure that's part of what drew him to her was, you know, she didn't have a ton of experience being married, of course, but she had a lot of life experience and it was a very well-rounded person when he met her and I'm sure mm-hmm. had a beautiful light about her. I mean, she's a beautiful person, <laughs> but uh, the same thing I think that applies very well to what you're saying. Uh, we can't just always spend our life waiting for the next thing to happen to improve ourselves. So then kind of on the flip side of that is 
hyper focused on dating where it's like everything you do and every conversation you have is am I going to marry this person is someone going to find me attractive if I do this is whatever I'm doing going to lead me to marriage and it's just like you got to calm down you have got to just live your life and experience the things that you were designed to experience and trust that the right people will come into your life and that you have the opportunity to invite them to be part of it or not if you're not ready. Um, I see actually a lot specifically in DC um, that, you know, people will come out here, they have this really great job and then they're almost like anyone should be so lucky to date me because I am the most attractive option and and it's like okay like cool you're living a really successful life but like are you inviting people to be part of it are you genuinely connecting on what your passions are what your fears are who you aspire to be who you were like there's so much more to you than getting married and dating and your ability to connect with all those different facets of yourself is what's going to bring you better connections ultimately. Yeah, I like that. I, th- I think that uh, that almost is also a counter to uh, was it number two, where it's your own fault that you're single, because <laughs> we're also not saying now that you know you can't be so focused on dating that you just sit around and hope that somebody ask you out you know not everyone can be me and just have like the hottest girl ever come over and ask you out on a window (laughs) start calling me hot brie now hot brie you know but 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 even then like i it's not like i was never doing anything i was still like i said i had just come off a relationship and then i was trying Mm -hmm. to collect myself to allow myself to be the best person that i was and I felt like I was approaching that. And right, right at that time, here comes Aubrey, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I like that. But as long as people know that, that that doesn't mean anymore that we still shouldn't have dating as a goal. Right. We don't we don't. That doesn't mean it can't be an important goal for us, especially for those people mm-hmm. who have graduated and have moved maybe away from a place where there is less um, church member presence. Obviously, you might even be more stressed mm-hmm. out to the fact that you may have a less lesser pool of people to to pull from but still mm-hmm. you know if you live your best life and you still try to make goals to date but and not flaunt yourself everywhere like all right ladies you know line up i just moved into the ward <laughs> check out me in my car you know <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. i know what you're saying okay perfect and yeah it is kind of the two extremes and either way you are kind of building your identity around if you're with someone else or not and either way it's a disservice to you and it's a disservice to whoever your partner would be but the last fifth biggest I would argue mistake that singles make in dating is expecting perfection whether they expect themselves to be perfect whether they expect to find the perfect partner or soulmate or 
they expect to just have a perfect relationship, all of those expectations are going to lead to disappointment and heartbreak because as human beings, we're just not perfect. You know, we have a savior for a reason. And that reason is that we are not perfect and things cannot be perfect in this life. And that's okay. There's so much beauty in disconnecting with your partner and being able to reconnect with them. Um, The flaws and the humanness of that really bring you both together in a way that you just wouldn't be able to if you never fought, if you never saw things differently, if things were just picture perfect storybook all the time. Like, that's just not reality. And it's, it's not even, you know, fun. I dated guys that I didn't fight with them. I didn't disagree with them. And I was bored. And we broke up because there, we just couldn't connect on a deeper level. Well, I think part of the reason you can't connect with someone who doesn't disagree with you is because that means one of you guys isn't being honest about your feelings. <laughs> because let's be honest, we are exactly. all very different people. I had a boyfriend that was the same way in high school that he broke up with me originally. Well, I guess we, we broke up and then afterwards we were friends. And he told me, he's like, part of the reason that I didn't feel like we worked was because we never um, we never could agree on a, you know everything together. We would always have disagreements. And I was like, yeah, well, there's a big difference between disagreements and fights, right? <laughs> there's a big difference between not agreeing with someone where, or what, how you want to handle something and like yelling. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, that's the beauty of relationships is disagreeing and being different people and the nuances that come from bringing two different people into one singular relationship, because you both will bring you know, different personalities and hopes and dreams to be able to mesh those all together. And that's the beauty of a relationship. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, even the best therapists will tell you that disagreements are healthy for relationship because that means that you're both in a position that you feel comfortable enough to express how you truly feel and have those conversations and have those compromises. I feel like there's a special spirit to compromise when it comes to relationships and when you can reach, like you were talking about, that that agreement after a disagreement, it just that that feeling of unity that comes from that, knowing you both love each other enough to sacrifice a little bit of yourself to make the other person happy. I don't know. Compromise is something that I think is really cool. So, yeah, I like the <laughs> concept here of honesty, right? Because uh, honesty and and introspection, just I think for the most part, people aren't expecting the other person to be to be perfect. But but if you do, then you still need to be honest with yourself in realizing that your expectations for them may be too high and that you're expecting more mm-hmm. from them than you're expecting of yourself. That's just a limit that's also not fair. I think we talked about this before. That's that's something that's not fair for the other person when you're giving them a bar that's so high that you know you're looking all the way looking at them all the way from the from the floor <laughs> and you don't even realize that. So honesty and introspection. Is very important too, so that you can be mm-hmm. able to really ground yourself to realize that if you are a person who's also imperfect and has things that they need to improve in a relationship with or without someone telling you, you're less likely to expect that or see that of the other person. Exactly with that, the search or the demand for perfection, it's also self-sabotaging in the way that 
you are never going to let yourself be fully invested in the relationship that you have because somewhere in the back of your mind, you're wondering if someone else is going to be better and if some other relationship will be more perfect or whatever. But when you can let go of the idea that you or your partner or your relationship have to be perfect and you just let them be, then that puts so much more power back to you and your partner into creating something that is just so much better than you ever imagined on your own. And the ability to do that just isn't there if you don't let things be a little bit off sometimes and you don't let your partner challenge you. One thing I really liked that someone had said that I think adds to what you're saying right here is they told me that when you're choosing a partner, you need to ask yourself what are the struggles that you will have or the challenges you will have with being married to this person. So, you know, some people might say like, oh, he's really stubborn or, you know, different issues that someone might have. Uh, he leaves his socks on the floor. <laughs> and you have to ask yourself, are these things that I can work with, basically? Are these, you know, um, faults that I can work with? And you need to have that moment of introspection like we're talking about here and ask yourself truly, like, is this something that I can see myself, you know, working with for the next 60 years and be honest <laughs> with yourself? And if it is something you can handle, then that's you making that honest and conscious decision that you're going to do that. Because like you said, otherwise mm -hmm. you're going to spend your whole life, you know, the grass is greener type thing. Um, mm -hmm. And truly the grass isn't greener. The grass is just the same color green probably because it has its own share of issues on that side of the <laughs> that side of the yard too so I mean it, it all comes down to what feels right for you as a person what meshes well with you and, and what you feel like you can handle emotionally spiritually all of that yeah exactly and that's what's so powerful about doing your inner work and really learning yourself and working on your communication skills and getting really clear on your own needs because even to take what you're saying what you're saying a step further it's like you can look at okay my partner has this quirk and this quirk and this quirk that bother me can mm -hmm. i deal with them forever or you can say if i bring up an issue to my partner and show them how it affects me are they responsive to that and do they nurture that situation in a way that we both feel happy and comfortable? And when you can do that and you can get to that place where you seek opportunities to be rejected by your partner because your partner is going to reject you still. Um, and you can be really vulnerable and say, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And your partner can receive that, acknowledge it and then work to correct it, then it's it's not even a matter of, oh, do they do X, Y, Z, and can they stop? It's my <laughs> partner recognizes when they make me feel unloved, and they actively work to make me feel loved again, you know? Does that make sense? Yep. It's a form of security. Yeah, for sure. In that relationship, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing those five dating mistakes with us. Those were 
fantastic. And I hope those caused us all to do a little bit of introspection and, and think a little bit more about where we can improve. I mean, we're married, but I'm thinking of ways that I can improve in our relationship just talking about this stuff. <laughs> and I think it's, it just really makes us think. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add, Liv, that you think could help expound a little bit more on what you shared or any last thoughts you wanted to share before we close up this episode? I would say just a word of comfort in the scriptures. Um, for me, particularly when I felt really down or really hard on myself when I was working through these mistakes and my tendency to fall into these traps is third Nephi consider how much care the Lord takes for something as seemingly insignificant as the lilies in the field and know that your impact in the world will extend far beyond a lily. And so God has to be taking care of you. He absolutely loves and is invested in you. And it's okay to feel lost sometimes, but never lose sight that you are God's and that things will work out as you pursue what's good for you, um, your relationship with God and your relationship with yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I <laughs> always can find you know comfort in the scriptures as well. And I would hope that people who are listening to this podcast can use things that they find in the scriptures to help them further their relationships and ideas about dating, even through examples in the scriptures. You know, we don't have a ton of information about couples specifically uh, throughout the scriptures, but we definitely see the traits and qualities and Christ-like attributes that we all hope to display and have when participating in relationships with other people. So <laughs> thanks for sharing that. One of my favorite things in the scriptures is when Nephi talks about like it was like right after he talks about them getting married and he's like, and we were exceedingly happy or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we for sure you were Nephi. Probably got the prettiest one. So <laughs> before we close, Liv, how can our listeners get get a hold of you or what if they wanted to use you as a dating coach? Well, I would hope that anyone can find some perspective and advice and help from my Instagram page, I try to post a lot of content. Um, I'm at Liv Tally, T-A-L-L-E-Y underscore dating underscore coach. Um, and I post a lot of content up there that I hope will make an impact. Um, but if reading isn't sufficient, if you, if you want to take it a step further, um, I both have a free flirting guide that I would love to send you. And I would be honored to jump on a discovery call to get to know what you're struggling with the most and how you can work to overcome your greatest barriers into dating to get to a happy and fulfilling and lasting relationship. Both of those opportunities are links that I sent that I'm guessing you're going to be in the comments on this podcast yep. um but you can just uh click those links fill out your email um and then you can get both the guide and set up a call with me yep everything will be down in the episode notes and i just want to add a little note here uh 
her Instagram is amazing. So if you're not already following her, <laughs> make sure you follow her. I follow her and I her content's just awesome. You you definitely need to be following her if you are someone that is dating right now. <laughs> so <laughs> not forget to do that. Do it right now while you're listening to this podcast episode. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. You guys also produce really great content and it's been a pleasure to be on here and have this conversation with you and to hopefully have more of an impact on more singles out there. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. And for all those who are listening, we really hope that you were able to benefit from the content that we had today. You know, we really want to be able to create this environment where we as a Christian and you know, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint family can come together to have these discussions. And so we're really excited to bring more people on in the future, you know, who can help cultivate that as a group. And it's not just the single to sealed Brianna and Jerry giving you this advice, but it's our it's our family and our network. You know, don't think of of Liv and and her uh, dating coaching as something separate from us. Think of it as all part of a key, a cohesive yeah, group. A cohesive group that's all working together <laughs> to help people have success in their in their dating experience. And we would love to have you guys continue to listen and to join along with us, so we can help you progress in your journeys. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you you next time. time.